Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in. I can't thank you guys enough for believing in me. I want you guys to know how much I love and appreciate your support. We have helped so many people because of these amazing stories that have come on. And I also need to give a shout out to our sponsors, Siegfried and Jensen. Thank you for believing in me. Wasatch Recovery, Veracity Networks. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And um, I also want to thank all the previous guests, your stories of overcoming and uh, the trials and tribulations you guys have gone through and you're willing to share is amazing. And today's no different. I'm so excited. This is, this is amazing. This is our 200th episode. And today we have, we're joined by Scott O'Neill. He is the um, CEO of Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, which includes the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Jersey Devils hockey team. Uh, this guy's amazing. He's also the author of Be Where Your Feet Are. And that's going to come out on June 1st. And it's, it's seven principles that keep you present, grounding, and thriving. And he's married to his beautiful life, wife, Lisa, has three daughters, right? Is that correct? That's right. And uh, so, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. 200 episodes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you think you were going to hit 200 when you first started? You know, that I didn't, honestly. I, I, it's kind of a funny, quick story. I, when I started doing this four years ago, I bought a $99 starter kit on Amazon. It was a little cheap mic and a little tuner i can tell your 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 uh, listeners that it's not a cheap mic anymore i mean this is a full-on production studio now (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much no and yeah it's been a quite the journey and i just i'm grateful for people like you who are willing to come on and share your story and i don't say this lightly i think your story is going to save someone's life today because i have had people reach out who are suicidal depressed anxious and they hear these stories of people who've been through a lot and how they've overcome it. And so, Scott, I, I really do believe that your your words are going to be so inspiring to so many people today. Well, that's nice and humbling to hear. I have a an organization, a big organization, 2,000 people or so. Wow. And the average age is about 26. Right. And we are wrestling with some of the most intense anxiety right now and mental... Mm-hmm. Um, mental challenges, mental wellness challenges. And so we sp- I spend a lot of my time when I'm talking to my team about my mini formula for mental health, mental health and wellness. And it's, um, I think it's the next epidemic. If it's not already here, the next five years, we will experience um, issues and challenges on the mental wellness part that we can barely scratch, our, scratch the surface of now. Yeah, I, th- I couldn't agree more. I mean, the clients that are reaching out to me, it's like the lack of connection, feeling isolated, and the anxiety and the depression's just off the charts with so many people, and especially these younger kids who, because of the pandemic, haven't been able to go to school and things like that. And so it's interesting that you're seeing that even in your organization and the people that you deal with. It is, and I, I oftentimes like to talk about doing something for your mind, something for your body, and something for your soul every day. Yeah. And I think the mind is the easiest part. It's it's the one we let go because we get on the treadmill and we right. get home from work or we get from school. We're 
quote unquote tired. Yeah. And so we forget to carve out time to learn something outside of what our current job is. And that's what I push on with my team. It's like, you can read all the sports business stuff in the world. You can read all the yeah. sports pages stuff in the world. I want you to tell me about a new technology you're reading about. I want you to tell me about something in the geopolitical world that you're, le- that you're learning about. Or I want you to tell me something in history that's interesting to you. Something right. different. Something different. And the body you've got to exercise. I know it sounds so simple, yeah. but it's it's chemically um, and medically proven. Like right. get the heart rate going 20 yeah. minutes a day and go. Get up and move. And for me, I love a good hoop run. That was knocked out <laughs> during COVID. Yeah. So I'm on a Peloton bike. Yeah. And I never thought I'd ride a bike. Right. But 45 <laughs> minutes a day, I come up, wring my shirt out. I'm so sweaty. So, But I do it. I just, you know, I, I think that you have to do it. And the soul, for me at work, I know you have an audience that has that's very faith-based, um, and that's wonderful. At work sometimes in the corporate world, it's challenging to talk about your soul. Right. And so what I, the way I often lead it and talk about it is I say, look, scriptures and prayer work for me. Okay. Right. And I'm not advocating that anybody sure. read scriptures or prayer. I think you should, yeah. but I'm not going to tell you what to do. Right. But you have to find stillness in your life. Mm. And however you carve that stillness out, whether you meditate or do yoga or I, my favorite thing, I sit outside and listen to the birds chirp in the morning for yeah. five minutes of just nothing and stillness. Yeah. Wow, that stillness is so powerful. You know, you talk about these things. I, I, I want to share this because I listened to one of your, your keynote speeches um, for a, a mutual friend of ours, Nate Williams, Nate the Great, Nate the Great, and his you know his beautiful wife Whitney, and uh, they helped get this lined up. By the way, so shout out to them, love you guys. But I, you said you did something, and I, and this is what I wanted to wait to share with you. You told the whole audience, hey, your very first thing you said, everyone take out your phones and text your mom, and you go, I'll give you sixty seconds, just write her, just a quick little note, tell her how much you appreciate her. And as I'm watching this, I thought, I'm going to do it. So I send this text to my mom. Okay, I just said, Mom, I just want you to know I was thinking of you today, and I, not a day goes by that I don't appreciate all you've done for me. <clears throat> and I get emotional about this because, you know, I, it's been a minute since I've done that. It was a good reminder that you said that, Scott. And then I kid you not, I get a text that evening. It's about, you know, two feet long text stream. Just, she goes, Todd, I am crying right now. Thank you so much. I needed to hear that. I'm so proud of you, Todd. And all you, I mean, the list, it just went on. And so I want to thank you for that beautiful no, reminder. So that's so good. Um, look, gratitude is the fourth part of that plan of mind, body, soul. And, and I yeah. think anyone who's ever been through life and the, the rough side of life, the potholes, the trips, the falls, uh, the spills, yeah. the crashes, gratitude is, is the one thing that gratitude and serving others are the two things that pull me out typically. And, Man, are moms the most underappreciated class of people wow, in the history of mankind? Sure, sure. And they want, yeah. they do so much and want so little. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I remember the first time I did that, my mom sent me a note and she just said, are you okay? Mm. And I thought, man, oh man, I am better than this. Yeah. Because I love my mom. I appreciate my mom. She taught me so much right. of what I am and who I am. I got so much from her. And then I thought, man, is there an application for that at work? Can I be more grateful? Can I show appreciation for people that work with me? Of course I can. Right. How about for people who help me? You know, you stand. We yeah. all stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Who came before us? Oh, absolutely. How many notes have you sent to an old coach, an old teacher, your mom, your dad, your brother? How about your brother, your sister, who you struggle with a little bit? Yeah. We all have. Family's complicated. Okay, it's just as <laughs> <Sure>. complicated. <laughs> you know, and I would love for everything in life to be just like the movies or the yeah. Brady Bunch when I was growing up. And how everything just seems to work out. Well, you know what? Life is messy. And it doesn't all just work out. Right. 
and and it's not happily ever after all the time but it's okay yeah because i always find in those moments when we trip and fall that we learn more so all we have to do or not all we have to do one thing we can do every day is just write down a few things we're grateful for Hmm. and then if someone pops in your head and gives you that prompting send them a note here's here's one tool i use which i think is great yeah so i have my phone set up for photo stream i have no idea how to do it my daughter did it for me okay (laughs) but every day i get five or six photos automatically sent into the into my phone into the front of my phone like memory of okay oh gotcha and if any person is in that phone photo i send it to them man and so if it's my mom i say hey mom this this was in my photo stream today. Just want to tell you, I was thinking about you. I love you. If it's somebody from work, somebody I used to work with, Man. a friend from high school, an old teammate, you know, a you know, it doesn't matter, a neighbor. Yeah. You say, hey, this popped up my photo stream. What a, what a wonderful way to connect. And what I'm finding in through as we kind of emerge and kind of create this new normal out of COVID is like we are just craving connection and people. Right. And when you get that prompting, it is for a reason. Man. It is. And it's telling you just, it's it's the world. It's Heavenly Father. It's karma. It's um, the universe. However you see the world and the higher yeah. power. Right. Saying to you, giving you a little nudge and saying, hey, okay, I'm going to just put it in your ear and you can do whatever you want with it. And right. what I want to do with it, I want I want it forward. I want it out. Wow. I love that. I think gratitude is the most powerful stimulant on the planet. It, it truly does take you out of the whatever you're going through. You can see things differently. Like again, when I got that text back from my mom, I was just like, wow, I had a just this overwhelming feeling of love and gratitude for her, but not just her, but just for people in general. It was amazing how it kind of spilled over to everything else in my life. Yeah, no, your cup spilleth over for sure. Yeah. But think about like, it's what, how long did it take you? A minute? 90 seconds yeah even less than that actually yeah and like we're we're i don't know we have this i, I want to brag on one of my daughters right now but she's 14 years old her name's uh-huh. eliza um and, and she's got her own challenges as a 14 year old girl and she's trying mm-hmm. to figure it out and who she is and struggling with a whole host of um issues and things like we all did when we were 14 right um she writes down 14 things she is grateful for every night before she goes to bed, no matter what. And she's right. OCD, so it has to happen or right. she's not sleeping. <laughs> right. Um, which still, I absolutely yeah. love. Yeah. It's never been, she's never repeated the same thing. And I thought, man, what an example. And I don't have that kind of discipline. But with the other thing she does, which I absolutely think is amazing, is she has a positive thoughts clicker. Oh, okay. okay? So if you go back past her, she does not sleep much. She's like her dad. Right. <laughs> and so if you, but if you walk by her, her room at midnight, you'll hear click, 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 click. And I think that is the cutest thing I've that ever seen in my life. And I thought, man, these triggers she has, she knows because she is not predisposed to positive thinking. She is not predisposed to gratitude. She's not predisposed to happiness. She just, you know, everybody wakes up differently. We're all mate. We're all different. We're different. Yeah. All my three children are so different. Yeah, my wife sure. and I are different. We're different. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and she, you know, whether she just consciously knows that or subconsciously, she's putting it out in the universe. Like, I know, I know how the brain works. She's not, I don't think she can consciously do this, but sure. she knows that she needs to feed the beast. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if we could all feed the beast a little bit more. Yeah. How life wow. would be. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You know, so, I mean, you're a very confident guy. You're very passionate about what you do. You have a lot of energy and you're very, you know, someone who believes in himself. I mean, I've done a lot of uh, homework on you Mm -hmm. and it's been amazing. I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for that as well. Talk, talk a little bit about where did you grow up and then what was your childhood like? I mean, were you, were you always kind of like this as a kid or is this something your parents taught you? Share us a little bit about that. Sure. So, uh, so, so way, way back I grew up, um, I was born in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. And which is a really tough town in Massachusetts. 
and then um, and then moved to Akron, Ohio, which is even worse. Right. Yeah. Only to be subsided, so, um to to head over to Newburgh, New York, which is um, which is one of the it's a it was recently voted one of the ten worst places in America to raise your family, you which is exciting. <laughs> yeah. I sent that to my mother as well and told her thank you. <laughs> right. Um, but we we grew up in a home. My dad um, was got his PhD when I was very young, uh-huh. and my mom now has her PhD. She got it when she was sixty five, but oh wow, she had her master's in child education. So I had a, I had a it was a laboratory when we grew up, and so there were five of us born in six years. Um, I'm an Irish twin to my older brother. Okay. So we were all about the same age, four boys. And then my, I have his sister who's the youngest, five years younger than I am. And so it was an adventure and a party all day. Right. I bet. Um, my yeah. folks worked very hard. My mom, um, <laughs> started out in daycare. We, we started out as a food stamp kid. So, um, so we didn't have a lot of money. When we were growing up, um, had a lot of puff rice and powdered milk. And uh, for those of you who uh, struggled in the 70s, that's what you ate. Oh, yeah. And pancakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner on occasion. And we didn't have a lot of physical things. Um, and we had a lot of love in the house. And we, we only had three rules for the time I was, okay. time I can remember until the time I left school. Really? Three rules were um, don't hurt each other, don't hurt your mother, no girls in the bedroom. That was it. Think about that. No curfew, No Nothing. Huh. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a very, it's a very much a simpler time. Yeah. Um, right. But we understood the, you know, my, my dad was, you know, by the time I was, I think, 12, my dad had left his post as dean of students of a small college and started a consulting firm where he was teaching teamwork to the local police department. And that oh, turned wow. into a real big business. Yeah. Um, but we competed in everything we did. We couldn't, we couldn't get to the car without racing to it. So oh, we were wow. a very competitive family, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it ended in a in a few bloody noses now and again. Uh, we played sports constantly. I remember at one point, I think I was twelve. I was in five basketball leagues. I know you're a big basketball player, yeah, for sure. Um, and so I there was a lot of basketball in our house. Um, and my dad competed, competed, and competed. But it was a house full of love. Um, it was a house where my parents believed in in consequences, natural consequences. Right. So they would we would make a mistake, um, and they would say, "Okay, let's talk about the consequences." And sometimes right. they would enforce them, but more likely, they would they would um, encourage us to clean it up themselves. I remember. Yeah, take w- care of it. Yeah. So yeah. we, I mean, we, and we had some 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 pretty big. You know, we were we were not the easiest kids. I was the most difficult of the kids. Really. So uh, <laughs> my parents did not know what to do with me. And I was always a good kid, if you will. You know, I always worked hard in school and um, kept pretty straight, straight and narrow. But I, uh, I mean, they sent me to a priest. They sent me to a counselor. They cut off sugar. They, they, I just wow. had a lot of like energy and angst. And I would throw, yeah. I mean, I threw tantrums until I was 17 years old. Really? Yeah. Like lose my mind tantrums. Wow. Like throwing things, fighting, you know. Okay. And, um, and so I had, and, and sports was my escape from the world. Still is. And so I still live, I'm still on a hardcore roller coaster. So I, I do not, and my wife, Lisa, who you mentioned before, she's yeah. nice and steady Eddie and is, she's tough and she's, yeah. she's amazing. She's a, it's just steady yeah. and a good counterbalance to my chaos. <laughs> uh, but, but I, yeah. I had it, I, I made life really hard for myself. And, mm. and, but, and I, and my folks went from, I went from having nothing to being in a country club. So my folks, their business took off. My mom left. She built two schools: one for kids with special needs, and one for oh, wow. um, just kind of early, early um, age education. She left to go work with my dad, and that's when their business took off. My mom's a star. Wow, um, that's awesome. And um, yeah, so then they went from this little mom and pop shop to they're training Xerox and ADP and Texaco, McDonald's all around the world. 
and that took them out of our house, you know? Mm, so yeah. we, we somewhat raised each other, you know, in our teen years. Yeah. Um, and sports always kept us, you know, kind of clean and, you know, but we weren't above a little mischief here and there. And we, we, we borrowed a few things, um, <laughs> borrowed, you know, we snuck out a few times. We, you know, we, we made our fair yeah. share of mistakes. Um, uh, but, but generally kept it pretty, pretty on the straight and narrow. Um, so it was a wonderful way to grow up. Yeah. Um, I, it just, I, I, the only thing I can think of is just love. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like you guys were really hardworking and you probably learned that seeing your parents, how hard they were working. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, people who know you, yeah. You know, Scott works hard. Yeah, no, we get after it. You get after it. And then my folks lost everything again. So it was kind of a, a, wow. a strange turn of events. Yeah. Yeah, I, I left for college, so it didn't impact me as much. Um, but my younger brother and sister um, felt the brunt of that pretty badly. But but to go from nothing to something to nothing, just financially. I'm just talking about sure. just just material goods, for which, sure. which, which, which yeah. you learn very quickly in life when you get older. It's a lot less um, impactful. But... but um, and that happened because my dad let let ego get in the way of of business and good mm. decisions, and um, and I remember when it went down. I remember sitting at the at the table. I know the deal. I know what happened, and my mom saying, and they very rarely argued. And she, her saying, "Michael, stop! Mm. You're going to take this whole family down with you." And he wow. said, "You know," and he was so focused on being right, and he was, and he was a lot less focused on being effective, which uh -huh. he wasn't. Okay. And he risked everything and, and took the whole family down financially. Wow. How but old were you at that age? I that was, time? boy, at that, that dinner, I was 17. Mm. And it took three years for it to unravel, almost four, um, to where, you know, my, my dad, who passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately, died without a nickel. Man. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. But, but what a lesson. You know, and you talk about yeah. that was really hard at that age to see it, to see it and experience it and see my my mom and dad it, it split their marriage up after 30 years or so so it was a it was a funky time but but think of how differently i go through the world exactly. and what a gift what a gift to grow up with no money yeah and you're like because you don't when you're young you have no idea what money is anyway yeah. you just because the only thing you know are the people in your neighborhood right i didn't know people <laughs> took vacations right i didn't even know people took an airplane to go places you know <laughs> if we went we went to florida once a year to see my grandparents who had yeah. a house there. We'd drive yeah. down, 24 hours down, 24 hours back. Man. And so I didn't, and we were all piled in the car. Like, I didn't <laughs> right. know anything. I didn't know, know that puffed rice wasn't for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I had no idea. And so like that was fun, but like the yeah. gift is, is that you're getting range. Yeah. And so now, I fast forward to now, and what an advantage. Yeah. Like, cause I'm, I mean, you know, I have ushers and ticket takers and security guards and I, they my coworkers. Yeah. And what they do, their influence is they influence the experience of an event a lot more than I do. Wow. Right. They're touching hands on. So, sure. so I think the gift of that range is great and a gift of losing money. Well, I, I, I don't want to do it again. Although I did later on in my life. Um, boy, um, you learn a lot of lessons there too. save boy. your money, invest your money, protect your money, all that kind of stuff that, that I, I would not have, have known. Boy, I love that. I say I talk a lot about with my clients and stuff that life happens for us. You know, like I, I, I will always say like your addiction is your wake up call to your greatness. Adversity is your that. wake up call to your greatness. And listening to your story up to this point so far, I mean, you know, it was good love. You talked about all that stuff. But boy, there was a, some adversity along the way. But you're looking at it and you're going, man, you wouldn't trade it. No, right? I, I wouldn't trade it. But how, how do you deal with this? Because I remember as a kid, when my parents were sending me off to a counselor and then a priest, and like I just remember feeling, and my brother, my older brother, would torment me. 
and say, cause you're crazy, you know, yeah. and all this stuff. And it was, it was hard for me cause I was a little bit imbalanced, you know, unbalanced. And so, you know, so I felt it. Mm. And, um, how do you get your, you know, your clients, your, I don't know, your, is it called clients? I call or people, clients or, yeah, clients. Uh, friends. <laughs> friends. Um, how, how do you, how do you get them to be okay with being okay? Yeah, that's a good one because, you know, we were talking about that quote on my wall here, like the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. And what, what, what typically is happening with my clients is they're telling themselves a story, something's wrong with me. Right. But yeah, we might have bad behaviors and things that we do need to change. But ultimately, if we scrape that away to your core, you're good, you know? And so it, it, every client's a little different. But again, it's it goes back to, hey, you're going through this difficult time because it's trying to teach you something. And once you learn that, that's when you're going to blossom. That's when you're going to go, wow, I'm so glad. One of my one of my heroes is J.C. Dugard, who was kidnapped at 11 and, you know, and raped in a shed for 18 years. And she has one of my favorite lines of all time. She says, I choose not to wallow in self-pity. And, and she sees it as, hey, yeah, I would never wish that on anyone. I don't want to go through it again, but it happened. Nothing I can do about it. But look what I get to do now. She helps women all over the world who've been abused now, millions of them. She wouldn't be in that position. Right, right. And just So I try to let I them like see that. how that's, you know, it's going to unfold in their life, yeah. but they may not see it in the moment. Yeah, my my dad um, was an amazing man. Who uh, before he unraveled, I mean, he was still an amazing man in different ways, but for sure. Um, but he had he had special special gifts, incredible charisma, and incredible in front of people. Made people kind of light up when he walked in a room. And and he used to, you know, I used to call it voodoo when I was younger. He's like, he's trying all this voodoo stuff on me, <laughs> and um, and he had us like pressing our fingers on stress cards and all. It's kind of way back, way right? Back yeah, stuff. sure. But but not a day went by when when he didn't tell me how special I was, wow. how wonderful I was. And he used to always say, like, you can do anything in the world you want to accomplish. Like, there's nothing you can't accomplish. And and hearing that when, you know, when you need it. Yeah. You know, you need that when you're yeah. 15 and trying to figure it out. Or, mm -hmm. you know, when you just threw another tantrum in front of, like, 15 of my your older brother's friends, you know? Yeah. Or when you, uh, you know... I don't know. Do something that that just brings you that pain that you don't. When you're a teenager, you have, and um, I I don't know. Like it's it's not magic, you know. It's not, you know. I have a, a good friend I work with. He, he says his name is Jake Reynolds. He's actually my brother-in-law. He says speak it into existence, Scott. Just speak it into existence. And there Ooh. there is some science to that. Okay? Oh no, there I is. love. I believe that. So so you speak sure. it. It hits your subconscious. I I wholeheartedly believe it. Um, but hearing it from my dad every day. Um, definitely made an impact on how I see the world. And I try to try to leverage that with my daughters. And I try to tell them every day how incredible they are. Yeah. And they're, it's a fragile world. Social media has like taken all the fragility that you've had as a teenager Boy. and all the insecurities you ever had growing up and put like a 10 to 20 X on it. Right. And so, and, and it, it's not, that's not how the life works. It's not how the world works, but you know what? You don't want to see your four best girlfriends together making a TikTok video and you're not there. And you're not there. Even the strongest person would, would have some bad feeling. You'd yeah. They'd be, be like, yeah. Why wasn't I invited? Yeah. Why am I not included? And so it's hard. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think, you know, as a, as a, as a dad, I just want, I want my kids to grow up confident and in a different way, not, not in the way that I was or, or have been, but right. You know, I have an older daughter who's who's in school now. She's doing 
ridiculously well in grades, and she had never done well in grades. Right. You know, she, I mean, her grades in high school, I agreed after her freshman year. I was like, hey, you know what? Yeah. Let's not look at grades anymore. I just want to know you're working hard. That's all yeah. I care about. Wow. And um, it, later on, she found out she had a learning disability, disability, which is really not good as a dad to find out when your daughter is uh, 20 that you hadn't dealt with that beforehand. But anyway, uh, another one of my, my great moments. But but <laughs> sure. my biggest fear for her was that she would grow up thinking she wasn't smart. She's brilliantly smart. Different. She's not. She's not meant to sit in a classroom and take a test. She's right. meant to go to Zambia and serve orphans or she's yeah. meant to be in a Syrian refugee camp in Athens both things she's done and at a really high level and you're Man. like now I can't do that stuff right. that she's doing I can't yeah. I don't have the gear I don't have the yeah. I cannot do what she does and she can't do what I just but isn't that okay Yeah. but the world is telling us but you got a bad grade your board scores are bad you're not smart and you right. know what it's like we got to change the way we have to change our filter we have Man. to change the way we look at success we have to change the way we look at um education and right. the world because there are incredible people in the world okay yeah. doing amazing things yeah you know um, wow Don, you I know um, miguel cervantes who wrote don quixote is one of my favorite stories like he was in debtor's prison lost the use of one arm and he writes one of the greatest books ever written right at 57 man you know yeah. and having gone through never accomplished anything in life yeah and so it's like and like you can start today. It's like the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago. Second best day today. Today. Like that's yeah. what we're about. That's what we have to yeah. be about. And mm -hmm. it's like as a parent, as a leader, as a coach, as a mentor, you know, as a manager at work, like I'm just trying to create an environment where people can be their best selves. Yeah. And and am do I fail? Of course. Every day. Wow. Do I chip and fall? Yes, I do. Do I make mistakes? Do I say the wrong thing? Of course. But my intentions, I want to keep my intentions pure all the time. Yeah. That's what I try to do. And with my kids especially, I want them to grow up strong. I want them to grow up tough. And I want them to grow, the, grow up confident. You know, if yeah. they can, the other stuff's just around the edges. Exactly. Boy, very well said, Scott. I thank you for sharing that. You know, I was, as you were saying that, I had my mentor years ago told me, he asked me, what's the definition of success? And I gave him some really beautiful answer about, yo, it's this, this, and this, and I have achieved this and all that. And he said, no, he said, the definition is and should be waking up in a good mood. Ooh, I love that. He goes, there it is. He goes, you can have all this stuff, but if you're waking up miserable, what's the point? So you talked about your daughter who, yeah, maybe she's not meant to be in the classroom, but she goes and, and you know helps these orphanages and all these people who are third world poverty, and yet that's her wheelhouse, and she's probably happy doing that. See, that's success in my book. I totally yeah. agree with you. Isn't that amazing? It's like finding... But yeah. then, but like the the work that it takes, in particular for young people, to do the work to identify and find their purpose and then live their purpose. Yeah, that's a that that is that's a huge leap. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, and you're distracted all the time. Yep. You know, and I I, I just I love when my daughter say I'm busy. I'm like, are you? <laughs> you're busy right. from what? You're six hours of school <laughs> from what TikTok? Like what? What is really? Does she know who she's you? talking to? You, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does she know who she's talking to? Uh, oh man, no. You're, this is awesome. So I want to go back to you said you 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 were struggling with tantrums until about age seventeen, and they stopped. Did 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 you get help for that or did you just things just change did you change your mindset what what happened yeah i, I think i didn't have the luxury to have them anymore okay you know um and uh 
you know, I grew up in a, a, a really kind of a sheltered life. I yeah. told you, you know, and okay. And then when I was pushed off to school, the only thing I had was I was just homesick. You know, which which made my friends laugh because they thought it was so funny. Because they're like, "You're the confident one." I'm like, "Yeah, no, I know, I'm confident. Yeah. All right, I'm just fragile, confident on the outside." And um, but I, I, yeah, I just don't think I had to. But I did. I had plenty of help. I mean, I saw I think three different therapists and in some other, you know, however yeah. you, we might define therapists different these days. But right. back then, they were therapists. Right. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah I was I just curious. Help. And then so obviously, I mean, there's so much to talk about here, Scott. You're you're doing so many great things right now. You're you know, like I said, you're the CEO of these major, beautiful, you know, organization that you're doing with so many different teams and things like that. What I want to, I want to just read this because I think it's important. I want to, I want the listeners to hear this. You're, you're one of the most recognized, connected, dynamic executives in sports and entertainment industry today. That says a lot. You have more than 25 years experience leading the NBA, NHL, and the NFL teams and leagues, including Again, the Philadelphia 76ers, the New York Knicks, New New Jersey Nets, Philadelphia. I mean, the list goes on and, you know, New Jersey Devils. And your mission is to build uh, um, inspiring, socially impactful and high performing teams and business organizations that have earned a reputation as the leader of leaders. And this is kind of your wheelhouse now. I mean, you go from you know, throwing tantrums as a kid and, you know, but here you are doing all this amazing stuff. How did that transition happen in your life? And I know there's all these things that can go on and that's a big question, but here you are doing all these amazing things now. Yeah, no, it's, it's so nice for you to, to present You ever pinch yourself and go, my goodness. All all the time. But I, (laughs) I think of life so differently than others do. So I, I, I have been so blessed with the things I've been able to do and, and the work. And what I'm wrestling with now, I'm 51 years old, so this is my version of a midlife crisis. I'm trying to figure out, mm. um, you know, I don't want to be defined by what I do. I want to be defined by who I am mm. and how many people I can impact. Gotcha. And that's a that. that's a journey. And I think that the world um, celebrates the mountain, the top, the summit. And I want to celebrate the climb more because I think that's where all the learning is. And so where I have to, where I'm growing as a leader is when we hit the peaks or the summits, mm-hmm. I'm not great at getting people around a room and telling them they're amazing and hugging them. Cause I want the next mountain. I want it now. Right. Cause that's the rush for me. Sure. The rush is the build, the growth, the, you know, the rush was when we were winning 10 games at the, you know, at 82 yeah. at the 76ers and people ever, the world is telling us, we don't know what we're talking about and that we're wrecking the game and that we're bad people. And that's the rush is trying to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to take that, grow a business, build a team, right. build an organization, recruit extraordinary yeah. talent. You know, th- that's, that to me is what wakes me up in the morning. I want to develop the, the next generation of great leaders and I want to make a dent in the world. Those are the two things you talk about waking up happy. When I'm doing those two things, I'm popping out of bed. Yeah, it's like run to work, run home. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah. And and I yeah. I, I love so it. so the bios make me uncomfortable. Like the stuff right. you read makes me uncomfortable. And not not because I'm, it's not yeah. that I'm, you know, I am sure. I'm not Mahatma Gandhi. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I I am confident. I I'm not. I wish I had that sort of humility. That's what I aspire yeah. to to be in the right. humble. But I I love what I learned. I love the people I've worked with. I mean, the people I worked with in one of my groups. Like someone said this the other day, so it's top of my mind, so I'll, I'll tell it to you. And this will sure. sound like I'm patting myself in the back and, and scratch the whole Mahatma Gandhi aspiration. <laughs> but I worked at this group at the NBA, and it's a group I recruited. Um, I'll just name a few of them. 
Chris Hacks is the president of the Sixers. Works for me. Donna Daniels. She's the GM of our building. Yeah. One of the top females in sports. Tom Glick, who's running the president of the Carolina Panthers. Chris Granger is CEO of Illich Sports, which is Tigers and Red Wings. Man. Dan Reed is the president of Facebook Sports sports and Entertainment prop, uh, Platform. And Amy Brooks is the president of the NBA. That wow. was my... By the way, there are more, much more people on the team, and they're doing extraordinary things. I'm like, it was insane. Yeah. And so now, I'm either the <laughs> best recruiter in the world, which right. I'm not. Okay. The best leader in the world, I'm not. The best manager in the world, yeah. I'm not. But I do have this ability to attract people who want to do extraordinary things right. and so and that yeah and that's fun yeah. and so that's what i do you know or mm -hmm. that's what if i'm looking for something like okay you did this really well i can i can recruit teams and create an environment where they want to succeed and i have an ability to get them to be play together as a team and put their like egos and personal agendas aside and do extraordinary work that's what I'm proud of. Like that's yeah. what I love to do, and and that's just one example of one team. Because this team I have now, I think is more talented than that team. They're just a lot younger, so you'll read about them in 12 years. Right. But man, that man. is what I that is what gets me out of bed, and that's what is inspiring. And if you can, you know, as you as a leader or a coach or a mentor or a teacher or a therapist or a counselor or whatever role you play, yeah, we have these special opportunities to impact and influence people. Yeah. You know and. Love and it's that. like the older you get, the more I had this executive coach once. That's the therapist for executives it's called executive coaches. <laughs> and uh, her name was Trisha Nadoff. And my mom, I was at Madison Square Garden. I was the president of Madison Square Garden, which is a very intense job. Oh, yeah. And my my mom had said, who I always would talk to about work. She's like, you need a coach. I'm going to send Trisha to you. It was really interesting. Yeah. And Trisha's kind of bohemian. Um, mm hmm. And she's tough as nails, and she was hitting me on this. And this is really like interesting for like hard chargers or people want to take on the world. She's like, "Man, you're in the warrior phase." I, know. I was like, "That's right," you know. She's like, "Scott, you're running a company." I was like, wow. "Yeah, a great, yeah, yes, yeah. it's Madison Square Garden. This is the world's most famous arena. This is in my business. It's as close to the top as I'm gonna Absolutely. ever be." Absolutely, okay? yeah. And she's like, "Right, you need to m move on to the sage phase." I'm like, "But I don't want to be this in the sage phase. Yeah. I want to be a warrior." Yeah. She's like, but you can't lead an organization as a warrior. Hmm. I was like, well, I'm leading an organization now. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when that, when that is yeah. me. Like that, that yeah. <laughs> I'm just articulating. That's how I, I like to debate. I love to battle. I love to fight. I love to sell. I love to close. I love deals. I love yeah. action. And, and it's funny because that was 10, 12 years ago, actually now, 13 years ago. And so as I look at it now, it's like, I knew what she was saying then. Yeah. I didn't know what she was saying then. I know exactly what she was saying now because mm. now, being sage is about finding success in other successes. It has right. nothing to do with my success. Yeah. And it's creating an environment where others can thrive and have the platform. And it's instead mm. of taking that that interview, yeah. you're teeing up your next guy to, or next woman to do it. Gotcha. And it's to try to create a platform that where people start to thrive and and your joy is is comes from a different place. Yeah. But man, if I knew that 13 years ago, I know I'd be yeah. so different. But but I think <laughs> some of us have to just walk through the fire. Yeah. I mean, you've talked about your personal journey several times about how you had to yeah. walk through the fire. For sure. And like, you, I, I'd be interested in, in hearing your answers. But you can't tell me that you wouldn't be effective and as effective in your job now if you hadn't gone through that fire. Oh, absolutely. Could it you would... even do your job? No, I couldn't do it. You know, it's interesting you say that too, Scott. I, I, I'll say this often when I do speaking events and stuff. I'll always say, if I could go back to my addiction, that was 31 years ago. It's a long time ago. Yeah. If I could go back to it and say something to it, like, hey, addiction, 
You know what I would say to it? I'd say thank you. And I'd give it a big hug. Because if I hadn't gone through that, I actually wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now, Scott. So I am grateful for that. Right. And I wouldn't be the same. I hope one of your listeners can actually take in that perspective. Because that is the richest, most incredible perspective on gratitude and understanding love and life that I've ever heard. That's incredible. Wow. Thank you. Well, and again, I, you, you really, I love your passion and you talk about, you attract these people who are just amazing. You, I mean, you read the list off. These are amazing people, but like attracts like. So if you weren't amazing yourself, and when, when I say amazing, it's not about your bio and I, I get what, you know, when someone reads my bio too, I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, so it, just, it, I'm just a guy, <laughs> right? I'm just a dude right, exactly. going to come talk to you. But again, you live your life in such a way that you do attract the same type of person, and that's good. It's 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 good. It's all good, and so I. That's what I got out of that. Is it doesn't surprise me you're attracting those uh, people. Good. I appreciate. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know. Oh man, I just want to. I want to talk about your book, "Be Where Your Feet Are." Okay, it's a book that's going to come out on June first, and you talk about seven principles to keep you present, grounded, and thriving. Talk about first of all, why did you write this book? Why? I mean, you're you got so much going on. I I know why you wrote the book, but let's let our listeners sure. know what was the purpose behind this. Right. So I um, I talked a little bit about wanting to make a dent in the world, and and if mm-hmm. you can imagine, if you can impact one person, you said, hey, maybe you yeah. can help one person yeah. on this podcast. Yes. And that's how I see life. Okay. I I whenever I give a talk, and talks are, I mean, it's. It's a lot. I have, yeah. I got my family and I have my work. <laughs> right. And someone wants you to go speak and they're your friend and you're like, I'm in. Yeah. And uh, anything church related, I, Lisa and I decided a long time ago is that we just say yes, no matter what. It could be yeah. anywhere. We're speaking this weekend, which is the most impractical thing. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's fine. I don't mean to. No, to that's awesome. It. It's at yeah. HGFY. It's in Page, Arizona. We can barely, I don't even know how we're going to get there. And it's six <laughs> hours away. And I was like, yes, I don't, we don't hesitate. Okay. So there are things it. you just do. You do yeah. for, you do for things for your church or whatever's important to you in your life. And you do for friends. You'll, you'll never say no. Um, but then when you're up there, uh, before I go up there, I always remember, okay, let's just connect with one person. If I can move one person yeah. to do one thing differently, yeah. it's a win and it's worth the time. And so, so that's my, that's my philosophy scope. And then I had a bunch of things happen to me right in a row. And um, David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA, who was a mentor of mine for a long time, wow. passed away. Yeah. Then my dad died, same age, and my dad was suffering from dementia and, um, mm-hmm. and Parkinson's, and I was praying for him to die. And then my best friend took his own life. And yeah, I had all these things happen. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yes, I, I know you had an experience, a similar experience, and it's awful, um, but I didn't, I couldn't process it. I was speaking yeah. at the funeral, and I'm looking out, and uh, Nicole, Will Cardin's the, 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 my friend, mm-hmm. and his wife Nicole is there, and their five incredible children are there. Yeah. And as I'm looking down, I couldn't, couldn't keep it together. I was a complete mess. And I just kept thinking, like, Will will never be able to share a lesson with them. Will won't be able to share his light with anybody. Think of all the incredible things he could have shared. And that's the yeah. only thing that's going through my head is I'm trying, sure. to, trying to get through this talk. Man. And for those um, LDS uh, listeners, Elder Ballard and Elder Anderson both spoke at that funeral. And so really? I can tell you a really uncomfortable story, but it is not great to be speaking around those guys. They're two great. They're <laughs> the most wonderful, loving people in the entire world. Yeah. But talk about a humbling experience. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Oh, oh my man. goodness. Um, 
And uh, but anyway, I so I got out of there and I, I I fell into like heavy heavy grief and I didn't know even know what grief was. I'd read about it, heard about it, knew knew the word. Yeah. But I didn't understand that I could be in a meeting and someone would say something completely unrelated to me or Will, um, mm-hmm. and I would just break into tears and walk out of the room. Man. And I had trouble focusing. I was tired all the time but couldn't sleep. Then I could sleep all the time and couldn't get up. And then, and so I was I was in whatever form of grief or depression or whatever mix that was. Um, yeah. It was definitely chemically not good for me. And I started to write to heal. And and um, and I had been down before, but never like this. I never felt like that the depths of this before. And what I began to, as I reached out to my friends to walk them through what I was dealing with, or they would reach out to me, I'd say, well, tell me about a time in your life where you had to overcome something really difficult. And these stories came out. And, and yeah. I, know, I know this is, the, this is your purpose. So, so you, have, you have these more than I do, but so you know. You know what I was trying to, just discovering. Absolutely, It's yeah. like, Instagram is not life. Yeah. And the people who I thought were literally at the top of the world, everything's perfect. Every like that the um, Lego guy, everything is awesome. You know, like <laughs> I, I love that guy. Yeah. But that's not how the world is. It's not. You know, yeah. and sometimes maybe I was going through life like that and I didn't really understand what, you know, I wasn't as empathetic as I could be, should be, um, ought to be. And I just started to to write. And as I would talk to these people, I would write their stories. And um and I wrote I, I wrote like Forrest Gump ran. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. <laughs> um, and then uh, Randall Wright, who's a who's a um, an author and speaker, and, and yeah. uh, he was staying at our house. A good friend of Lisa's and mine, but Lisa's much more closer with him. And he's like, "You need to publish this." And I'm like, "Would you do it with me?" And so we kind of did it together, which was kind of neat. So That's he coached cool. me through it and helped yeah. me through it. And you know, then then um, I got an agent, and she's like, "This is not a book, but you are." And we got a writer, Michelle Bender, who's amazing, and helped like make it a book. Um, but the purpose, like going back to your core point, was the yeah. purpose was to let everybody know. Because from the outside, you're like, this guy, look at his job. This is a fancy job. Oh, of course he joins the church and finds his faith at the right time. Oh, look, three beautiful yeah. children. Oh, 25 years marriage. Like, and all that stuff's true. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my life. Right. I love my life. Yeah. But man, if, if you think success, however you define success, and we can talk about that because I know you defined it before, is linear you don't understand life right? because it's not. Yeah. And the lessons all happen in the gaps and the falls. And when you mm-hmm. trip and fall and a new door opens when one closes or that you have miscarriages or, right. you know, your parents get divorced or you lose a job or you run a company to the ground or you, you know, get fired publicly. Your name's in every New York media. Like yeah. this guy can't do it, you know? Um, and so I had all this stuff and more, wow. plenty of plenty of other things happened to me <laughs> sure. um, that weren't great in my life. But, you know, I wanted, I think I wanted the message to be like, you know, something I tell my daughter all the time, like, it's okay. Yeah. She's like, what's that? What's okay? Everything is okay. Yeah. Everything is okay because well, you're in the eye that, you're in the, we're in the eye of our own hurricanes every day, okay? Right. When things go bad, that's all we see. And all I'm advocating for is that you just pull that lens back a little bit. Yeah. And just see yourself as you are and see the world as it is. And so if it's like you crash your car, you fail a test, your boyfriend breaks up with you or you don't get asked to the prom or you know you got a dysfunctional marriage or the kid your kid goes off the rails or whatever those things are that we just that's life for us. That's right. what life is. Life's messy. It's like can you just pull that lens back and say, "Okay, no this isn't great. I'm I'm not, I'm not happy my daughter right. just told her car again." Right. Okay. I'm not having my insurance company called and said, I don't want you as a customer, which really happened. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, there has to be some amount of money we can pay. Nope. Nope. No. Find someone else. Wow. So um, that was a third accident. But all, that all being said, that's fine. 
you pull back the lens and you just say, okay, you know, how can I see the world as it is? How can I understand like what role this point? Like it's not everything. How's life? Terrible. No, it's not. Yeah. How was school? Terrible. What was terrible at school? Well, this teacher said this to me. I was like, okay, how long was that? Was that two minutes? Yeah. Okay, so right. two. are we letting two minutes define 24 hours in a day? Wow. We can't do that, right? Yeah. But we do. But we do that Because we're the, the eye of our own storm. Yeah. And things exactly. are spiraling around us, you know? And sometimes it's three or four of these things happen in a row. Yeah. And and I'm not saying it's easy to endure, but, but there is some notion of like, hey, man, NCAA tournament, survive in advance. There is some notion of that. Yeah. And I don't want my life to be about survive in advance, but are there moments in my life that I knew I needed to survive in advance? Of course. Right. And that's what we all have to figure out when those survive in advance moments are. Let's get through them. Let's move on. Let's get a good night's sleep. Let's figure out what we want to do. Let's have a plan. Let's get a process. Let's call people we love to help us. Let's get the right people on board. Yeah, get the right let's people. Let's change the decisions we need to make yeah. to change, and let's go forward. Yeah. You know? And, that, and that's that's life. Man, very well said, Scott. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. So um, the book, like we said, will be available on June 1st. Is there, do you have in your mind, I, granted you want to make an impact on someone's life for sure. Is you have any other goals with this book? Is there any other things that you want to accomplish with this? Only superficial ones. Okay. You know, and the, yeah. the, the ones that really matter to me is the one person that will pick this up and write yeah. me a note someday and say, Hey, thank you. I saw the love letter you wrote to your daughter. Cause there's a note in there where I went on this retreat with my youngest daughter, um, Eliza. And we had to write love letters to each other. Mm. Okay. And I actually put the love letters in there. It's it's raw. This is not a this book is not a victory lap book. Okay. okay. <laughs> so this is not like, hey, here's yeah. my crown. Sure. This is awesome and yeah. I'm awesome. This is not what that is. Yeah. This is about like some moments where I, you know, and so I thought about like, man, what if someone from the reads this book and just takes out a pen and paper and writes a love letter to their kid or their mom? That's a win. Okay. For sure. What if there's this other um, story yeah. in the introduction about one of my, my other daughter, Kira, who I haven't mentioned, um, who seems to have the wind at her back. Like she mm -hmm. just, she's, you know, 4 student, president of her class, got great testimony and spirituality. Everything she does, she seems to do well. She's one right. of those kids like, yeah. you're almost like, okay, you know, and she has her <laughs> fragile moments too, but, right. yeah. but she does but really I, well. I know what you mean though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, they're all, all the kids are different. And I was on this retreat with her and the exercise was this. It was, you've got 30 minutes and it's the last time you'll ever speak to your daughter again. What are you going to tell her? Ooh. Right. And so Man. I'll give you my three really quickly, but, yeah, but it's, it's not the point of the story. But my, my three were, oh, by the way, I agonized over this because I had nothing. Like I couldn't, I couldn't function. I couldn't think. Yeah. I had 30 minutes to prepare. <laughs> I had nothing on my nose. Right. I'm like, I'm going for this walk in the woods in Ohio, backwards of Ohio and this thing. And I'm like, uh-oh. But anyway, here's what came to me was family, family, family. Okay. Like now we all define family differently. Okay. Yeah. And some of us define it as your eternal family. Some of us define it as the people you're living with. Some of yeah. us define it as your friends because your family is not around or not, it's not special or it doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's okay. But family, family, family. Figure out who the family are in your life and lean in and lean on all Man, the time. Wow. And make sure they're important. Love that. Second thing you've heard me say today was everything's going to be okay. Everything. Breakups, car crashes, hopefully not a divorce, maybe divorce. Right. You're not going to get in the school you want to get to. Um, it's just that's and everything will be okay. Just pull yourself back. And the third thing yeah, was, I love that. Yeah, no, it's it's um she's it's good. And 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 the third thing was anything anytime, which is how I, I sign a lot of my emails now. 
And it was call, text, FaceTime. I don't care if it's 3 in the morning, 5 in the morning, midnight. Wow. Anything you need from me, anytime, I got you. Wow. You got me. I got to write that down. Um, so <clears throat> I from her, so, so can you imagine if somebody reads this book and calls one of their kids and says, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about three things I wanted you to take away before you head to college. And here's what they are. That to, that to me is the win. That's the win. And so I want some of those, I want some of those, I want people to be moved. Another, yeah. I, I don't mean to tell you, I'm just story after story, but. No, you're great. Uh, this is this, awesome. This friend of mine, Jim Leonard, I work with, he runs our government affairs. Most wonderful guy in the world. And um, his dad passed away. And he wrote a note, because I, I knew his mom and dad and his, his wife and, and daughter. And, um, and so he sent me a note and said, hey, thanks for checking in on me. Uh, my dad slowly passed away. And he wrote like a cute story about, <clears throat> um, he's Irish and there's like an Irish um, old wives tale where if you open the window, it, it allows for the soul to, to exit the room and, and they can actually pass on. Oh, so he gotcha. actually opened the window okay. and, and his dad passed right. away. So it's yeah. kind of a cute story. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but then he said, um, he said, we're going to honor my, my dad. So once a month, we're going to do something, my family, that represent my dad. And he like was a, was a ranger at a park in in Montana. So they're gonna go to that park. Then one once it's gonna be simple. Like I'm gonna have ice cream, you know, because my dad loved a hot fudge sundae, and we're all gonna have a hot fudge sundae. Yeah. Then there was his favorite pizza pizza joint in Brooklyn, and we're gonna drive all the way into Brooklyn, and we're gonna have pizza at this pizza joint yeah, once nice. a month. And I thought, <laughs> wow, what a and it's, it's in there. It's like it's, because what a wonderful way to honor people. Like, yeah. what's the 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 best things anyone will ever say about you is at your funeral, right? Yeah. That doesn't seem right, does it? It doesn't. You know? Um, so what if we took that and we just said, you know, let's go honor my, my mom while she's alive and do one thing a month with her now. Ooh, that's powerful. Right? Can't we do that? Why aren't we doing that? Right. Yeah, why do we wait till someone passes? Right. You know, my, my high school basketball coach passed away. This was a few years ago. Went to his funeral. I learned more about this guy. I was like, this guy, whoa, it blew my mind. Yeah. And it was kind of, kind of the same feeling. How, how come I didn't know this before? Yeah, you no, know? that's such a good story. I, Dang. I had this uh, cute, cute story from my, my father-in-law, D. Reynolds, and he uh, he didn't grow up a member of the church, and um, but he was into the young men's program. They had kind of grabbed right. him in because he was a good athlete, so they used him <laughs> for the sports teams. Right, we need him for the team. Right, right, right. <laughs> And so, uh, so this young man's advisor would, would take him camping every every mm -hmm. Friday. So the boys would go, no matter what, like clockwork, go camp. He loved to camp. Right. Um, so <laughs> camp and fish. And so, um, so he he the man had passed away, his former leader. So he was in in Phoenix, went to Phoenix for his funeral, for this priest advisor who had been so influential. Now he's a he's a my father in law's a um, been a priest advisor for I think thirty years straight. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's a long time. It, yeah, yeah, it's the calling <laughs> you want to have in this church. But anyway, yeah. Um, and so he went to the funeral and he, and he went to this, his advisor's wife and just said, Hey, I, I just want to tell you how sorry I am and how impactful he was in my life. And, and, um, I just remember how much he loved to camp. And she said, Oh D he hated to camp. <laughs> but how great is that story? That's amazing. Cause he knew he could reach the boys that way. Yes. He's think like, okay, I'm a dad. I need, I need, to, I need to, do, and I got three daughters. Okay, I gotta do dad things with daughters. Right. Like I need to have Taylor Swift on my phone. Absolutely. I have to know her song. I have to yeah. know that she's dropping a new album at midnight. I have to know that because <laughs> I need to meet them where they are. Yes. I can't have them meet them oh, where I, I am. I love that. And so, and and this this priest advisor probably 
had a pretty good indication of the impact he was having, but maybe right. he didn't know. Like, did he really know he was going to transform this guy's life? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, and did my father-in-law ever tell him before he died? I don't know. I hope so. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, but man, I just love the notion of him saying, no, he hated camping. Wow. Love that, that, right? That's a great story. Meet them where they are. Uh, It gives me chills. Yeah, love that. (laughs) That's beautiful. Well, I, man, again, there's so much I want to talk about, but I do want to talk about um, your faith for a minute. You're you're a man of God. You're you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you... When you, I guess, converted, if that's the word. That's for the it, word. You sent a text <laughs> to your family and friends yeah. and you just said, I believe. I had a bitmoji. Yeah. With really? A, yeah. Is that what it was? It's okay. a bitmoji. It said that I believe and it had the. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So can you, do you, I know that's a, this is a big question too, but yeah, I would yeah. love to hear just a little bit how that came to pass if you don't mind sharing a little bit about around that. I know that's probably a, a sacred thing as no, well. No, no, I, but, I, uh, I, I again, it, it's, I love, I am, I have decided a long time ago. Well, let me give you a story of, on the other side. So please, yeah. I was, um, I was at a New Jersey Devils hockey game and my daughters went to go see the piano guys. Do you know who they are? Like, yeah, oh yeah. Dueling piano guys. They're okay. amazing. So they were at, um, it's this cool performing arts center um, called NJ Pack and it's two miles from the Prudential Center where the Devils play. And so my daughters went there, and I was going to come pick them up. And um, so after the concert, the concert was going later in the game. So I got there, and I, I see this this um, brother from a – and I'd been going to church for 20 years, so I knew you know, – we've moved right. a lot, so it's been six, seven wards. So right. I know a lot of people in around the Northeast, okay? <laughs> and he <clears throat> said to me, I read your article in the paper. Of course you would, of course you would publicize it. Right? Really, that's so. So that didn't make me feel good. Okay, no, so much yeah. so that I'm actually bringing it up now, which is amazing, right? Yeah. So because I made a decision when I did it that I have this job that's a high profile job. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. Yep. Okay. Whether I do it well or not, history will tell. But you know what? I have a platform, and I have a big bullhorn, and I'm just hoping, <laughs> right. like, you know what? Yeah. And I'm not on this podcast because I'm really funny or charming. You know. And I, I know that. I appreciate like kind of what the platform has. And I decided, yeah. like, man, maybe I could do a little bit of good for the church. I can't do what state presidents do or area authorities do right. or sure. incredible mission presidents do. I know, I know the impact they have on people. My impact's going to be different. But I want to humanize the church a little bit. Yeah. I want to bring the church into the mainstream a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah. I would like to um, have people look out and say, ah, right. Yeah, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right, he's a member. Yeah. Okay. And maybe the missionaries use me locally a little bit, and they do, yeah. which I appreciate. Oh, that's kind of nice, yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, so that's the, that's the, the, the good news is, is I love to talk about it because, uh, you know, going back to the, the core of like, you know, if you can, if you can help some person um, make a decision or rethink it or think through differently or find that connection with Heavenly Father or, or find some kind yeah. of strength and faith, um, oh, I love that. I'd love to do it. So, yeah. um, so long, long intro. Beautiful. So generally I've been, you know, Lisa and I were, I mean, I fell in love with her. I mean, I, yeah. I was 23, she was 22. Really? Yeah. So she had to go finish <laughs> back up at BYU. We were at the nets. Um, I was a marketing assistant and okay. she was an intern and we fell madly in love and eventually got engaged when she moved back to work for the NBA league office. Um, and she said, hey, here's some things that are really important to me. And I said, hey, here's some things that are really important to me. And so when you don't have any money, that's like our version of a prenup. Right. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. No. 
she outearned me for until she <laughs> retired with Alexis. So she, yeah, she yeah. had a good successful career. <laughs> That's going. funny. So, um, and one of the things that was important to her was like, I want to raise my these our children in the church. And I said that sounds great. And I, and I said, and I pledged. She didn't ask. I pledged. I said, I will be fully supportive, and I'll go to church with you every week. So for twenty some odd years, twenty one years, really? wow. I went to church with her every week. And our first, I was I was teaser about this, but our, our the first time she took me to church when we were dating, we went to a Spanish speaking ward in Jersey City, Jersey, New Jersey, uh -huh. and neither of us speak Spanish, so it became a little challenging. <laughs> and we went back, and we back, like, we went back twice, which you is did. even better. Really, yeah. Until we found an English speaking ward in the area, but um, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, so I I was you know I had assignments over the years, like mm -hmm. I um you know and we we lived in some areas where there weren't a lot of members, so there were branches, so. Yeah. Remember this one branch, we had a, a bishop who was 23, medical school student in Philadelphia, tough part of town. And he's like, can you teach? I was like, Bishop, I'll do anything for you, but I'm not even a member of this church. He's like, Scott, I need to help. That's kind of funny. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's so <laughs> so I, I had I was a, a scout leader once, and I, I don't camp or scout. I don't know anything about it. I was actually in a, had a stake assignment. And when you, you're not a member, you actually get assignments, not callings. So I, I, I was evolving around and, and engaged, and, and you know we were very active you know, having young girls. And, right, sure. And so it was pretty fun. So I, I loved the, I loved uh, the community. Um, and I had some questions and issues. And, and every, like, I don't know, I mean, probably six times in my life, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready now. And then something would happen. And from the pulpit, they'll tell you that's the adversary working against you. Mm -hmm. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, I, that's right. not for me to say. Um, but for me, it was like, you know, I have sp some specific examples that will, will, I probably shouldn't share, but I'm going to, um, <laughs> because I can't help myself. Yeah, thank you. No, um, but I good. remember I was like, I was ready. I was just at the point where I was just ready to go. And I, I went to church and I said, you know what? I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to lean in. It was fast and testimony meeting, which on the East Coast is a little different from the, those in Utah. I can imagine, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> um, and this woman got up and she she made a joke about the Pope. And I'm, I was born Catholic and raised Catholic. Mm. And she did it in an Italian accent, and I'm half Italian. Okay. And so I got up <laughs> just walked out and left. Really? And I was like, okay, that's my message. Like, this is not for me. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this. It's too insular. You know, I, I see the world really differently. Right. Um, and, um, and so that's just like ego screaming. You know, that has nothing sure. to do with like yeah. self-actualization or true faith. And it's so like, it's silly to think about now. Um, and then I, I had just come off, like Lisa usually comes out to Utah for the summers. And so it usually puts me on edge cause I'm flying back and forth to see her and the girls. Yeah. And, uh, it was summer league. So I went to like Vegas, Utah, LA, Miami, New York. Like it was like, I was ping ponging around the country Everywhere. and I was wow. worn out Man, I bet. and I got home and I was by myself at home and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I just want to, I want to do it. So I called my home teacher at the time. I do miss the home teaching program, by the way. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, and uh, his name is President Maxwell, Clark Maxwell. And he was a good friend. I said, hey, what are you doing tonight? He's like, whatever you're doing. I'm like, how about dinner? Because <laughs> I thought his wife was out of town. It ended up she yeah. wasn't. And so we went to this uh, little Mexican place which, that we love. And we sit down. And I was like, I'm ready to get baptized. How does this thing happen? And he started cracking up. He's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I was going to ask you tonight. I was like, all right. Well, this, um, I said, look, my, I've got a couple of requirements. One, I don't want this to be the scuttlebutt and the steak. So... Right. Can we shut this down? Like, I don't want, yeah. you know, the wives chit-chatting and then my wife to hear, because she doesn't know. Like, I don't want that. Right. You don't want, yeah, exactly. And he's he's in the state presence. He's like, I can, I can take care of that. Yeah. I said, okay. And uh, and I said, I want to do this quickly. Like, I don't need the 1.0 version. You know, I've been going to church for 20 years. I yeah, got this covered. Yeah, you know what's going on. And he said, do you want sister missionaries <laughs> or, or, or uh, brothers? I said, give me the elders. 
And um, he said, well, they're Spanish speaking. I was like, well, they speak English, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, let's do it. So we went seven days in a row and it was, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. The elders were incredible. Um, and, and he was like literally sitting over my shoulder. He, would, he was working in DC at the time, so he was like shuttling back and forth because right. he's like, I'm not leaving you alone with these two. It's pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> right. And then, uh, yeah. and then Lisa came home and... Um, all right, let me share one question I asked. I asked some several questions. Please, I had some, yeah. some some challenges with um, some of the church history and some of the church policy and some of the church mm-hmm. um, positions they take on some pretty complex issues. And he says, Scott, and this is this is President Maxwell. Scott, they're all good questions, you know. He said, I really have no idea. He said, I I don't I don't know. He said, um, he said what I do know is that. He's like, do you have a, you know, a testimony that Joseph Smith's a prophet? I said, yes, I do. Do you have a testimony in the Book of Mormon? I said, that's true. I said, yes, I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior? I said, unquestionably, I do. And he said, well, he said, you know, everything, everything else is kind of around the edges on that. You know? Yeah. He said, like, you know, he said, like, the Lord works in different ways. You know, we have a living prophet, and yeah. so things are evolving at, at 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 the Lord's time, not our time. Right, and things are are set in in motion in a different ways than than you might understand or pretend to comprehend, he said, and that's what I believe. And I said I can get behind that, and um and then Lisa came home about two days later, and I brought her into a room and we had this incredible moment together, and um and then we waited a couple days, um just because I wanted to I had to like clean up there was some stuff I had to clean up and which I did and then we uh and then we told the da- my, our daughters the next two days after that was like something else special and then i spent a year doing everything you've done in the church or any not not you anything a lifelong member has done in church i did in a year and so it was the most it was just a spiritual high oh i can imagine philly temple had just been built so we went through all kind of everything in a year which was incredible like even like the 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 incredible experience of passing the sac blessing and passing the sacrament unbelievable experience and then you know Getting the Melchizedek priesthood, and then yeah. um, going through the temple, and then getting sealed in the temple, all getting my patriarchal blessing, all in one year. So yeah. it was a it was a, a spiritual year that I don't think any you know any of us will ever forget. And um, and and since then it's been a journey. And like coming in as a new, and I, it's different being being there for twenty years and then being a member. It's a different experience. I didn't still don't understand the language. Like yeah, I bet. you know yeah, I, I didn't understand the difference between. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so so I had to adjust the language a little bit just to understand what people were saying and all the oh, acronyms yeah, and for um, sure. I'm still been, trying been, to figure it out myself. But yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been an amazing, amazing journey. Wow. And you, did, you have a similar journey. Yes, I do. Yeah, I had you know I, I I wasn't raised LDS and I had a pretty amazing conversion story that changed the whole trajectory of my life. That's why I'm sitting here with you today, honestly, and I uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. But it was. A rough go in the beginning, but uh, things turned out, you know. And I, I'm sure people have heard it because I've heard it. So, but can you just give us just give us two minutes on it. Like I know, I know, just like I love the notion that you're kind of like overhearing sisters talk about fasting and prayer because there's so much power in fasting and prayer, and and it it sounds so <clears throat> simple. It's what we learn, in, what our kids learn in primary, right? Right, and and it's somewhat <clears throat> circumstance. Like you yeah. were at, at the, kind of at the edge, at the brink. Yep, and. Yeah, I was gonna end my life. Yeah, actually. you're, you're at done. the brink. Yeah, and 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 you know, I mean, if you don't believe, like, what, what? Just share, just share quickly this the story because I. 
because that's a uh, that's such a like a powerful testimony of Heavenly Father's hand of God, as uh, President Irving is, is fond of saying. Yeah. Because I, I think that's as good a hand of God moment as I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, thank you, Scott. And you know, it was one of those moments. I was done. I, I was in the height of my addiction, and I'm planning my suicide. I'm going to go home and do it. And I happened to stop at school first almost to like to say goodbye to my friends almost. And I'm sitting at this table and these two girls next to me were talking about fasting and prayer. And I just happened to overhear it. And for some reason, fasting and prayer just hit me right in the heart like nothing I've ever heard before. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is that? thought it was weird. And then I went up to these two girls after they got up to leave the table. I said, hey, were you guys just talking about fasting and prayer? And they're like looking at me like, well, why do you want to know? Because they knew where I was, you know. And I'm like, well, no, tell me, what, what is it? So they go on to explain, hey, in our religion, we fast once a month. Um, we start with a prayer. We go the whole day without food and water. We end with a prayer. And in my head, I'm going, why would you do this? And I asked him, what, what's the point? And one of the girls just said, if you want help from God. And when she said that, see, I didn't grow up believing in God, but I didn't grow up believing not in God. I was just kind of right. agnostic. I was right in the middle. Yep. And when she said that, my mind went to, is there a God and would he help me? I told the girls thanks, walked away, and I thought, I'm going to do it. Next day, I got up, I fasted. It was the first time I hadn't done drugs and alcohol uh, for for the first part of the day um, for like the last six years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really angry and cranky that day, ended with a prayer. And all I did was ask God, if you're there, I need help. That's all I did. And... Um, nothing happened and I was really frustrated that night you know I thought you know hey if God's really going to show where's up where's the here, lightning bolt where right. is it where's right. the light where's this right. nothing happened I was still having thoughts of suicide going back and forth I was still getting wasted every day and then I get a phone call from a friend of mine who I played basketball his name's Rich Saunders an amazing man and uh, he's he's my he's been my mentor since then and he called me up calls me over I mean I'm I'm going through this quickly and he sits me down. He goes, hey, Todd, I didn't go to work today because I, I have to share a message with you. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, and I hadn't talked to him since high school. This has been mm. several years after That's high amazing. school. And he goes, and you can tell he's nervous. And he mm. goes, hey, the Lord came to me last night and says, we need you on our side today. And right when he said that, Scott, I knew that was the answer to the fast and prayer. You know how your mind rewinds? I went back to why I was in yeah. this closet asking God for help. And I tell Rich this, and he gets in my face and goes, this is your help. And I'll tell you, and there's so much more to this story. Mm, there's so a lemonade stand story. There's a, It's powerful. But that's when everything in my life started to change. And, you know, I look back on that and go, I can't believe that happened. Right. And what if, like, what if you didn't take the prompting right. and talk to the missionaries or, or the sisters? Yeah. What if Rich didn't take the prompting? And come see you and take a day off of work because it's yes. hard to take a day off of work, right? Yeah, you gotta call your boss. It's a pain in the butt. You're right. driving. You're not sure what you're gonna do. You're uncertain. You're not sure will he really listen to the messages. But he has that prompting and he does it. It's like why aren't we doing that more? Yeah, why aren't we just acting when we get the prompting? That's why I love what you're doing. Hey, text your mom and whatever picture shows up on your phone that day. I'm texting him, telling him hello, tell him I love him. 
I love that. And you're right. Why don't we do that more often? And, I, and I'm guilty of it too. I'll have a prompting. I'm busy. And then I get going in different yeah. directions. Like, why didn't I act on that when I felt it? Especially the one touch stuff, which we can just do. It, like it takes the phone and call somebody. 30 text. seconds. Yes. 30 seconds. And it's like maybe, you know, if we all just put a little more goodness into the world, just a little more. Yeah. Maybe we all just reached out one more time or, I mean, you're dealing with some hard issues with some folks who are struggling with some real things. Yeah. And maybe one of them just needs a hug. Just you know? need a hug. Yep. From you. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, Scott. Man, there's so much more we could talk about. I, you know, you've shared so many great things so far. I mean, I know you have, we could go on all day, but I want to ask you this, and you've already shared some amazing things. What if, what if there's one person right now listening to you who is in that dark spot, who is scared, doesn't know what to do, maybe even thinking of ending their life? What would you tell them right now, Scott? I think I'd tell them to call you, but after that. <laughs> okay, give me a call. Yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, no, after I told them to call you, I would say that um, yeah, it's going to be okay. And then I think I'd say that everybody has a purpose and I would also say that God loves you and I think those are my three messages that I would I would stick is that it's going to be okay everything is going to be okay you just got to you got to got to survive in advance right now Wow. That's beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Purpose, God loves you, and it's going to be okay. That is a simple yet powerful message. You're a great man, Scott, and I'm I'm so honored to be sitting across from you right now in person. I feel the same. You know. Thank you. Thanks for this platform. Thank you for the incredible work you're doing. I appreciate how you are giving of yourself and all your talents to make it okay for a lot of people. Thank you. That's a true purpose. Thank you. Well, I feel the same way, way about you and all the great things that you're doing. And yes, we can read your bio and it's impressive. <laughs> it is. It's impressive. But but more important than that, you're just a better man than all of that. Just you as a person, you're better than you're a better man than all that great stuff that we can read off and what have you. And you're a great husband and a great father and a great friend and a great member of your faith that you really are passionate about and love and that's the stuff that matters. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I yeah. hope to be on for your 400th. Yes. I want okay. to come back. All right. Do you ever have repeat customers? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. I've had a few people on a couple of times, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark them down. 400th episode, <laughs> Scott will be back. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be doing this again. But uh, so quickly, um, well, not quickly, but just, you know, your book's coming out in June, June 1st. What what's the best way for someone to get that book and then 
you know, maybe if they want to see what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So the, the best way to buy the book is probably easiest on Amazon. Okay. But here's my request. All right. My request is, is that you reach out to whatever small business bookstore is in your neighborhood mm. because small business has been slaughtered right. during COVID Boy, and they need kidding. us. They need yeah. you. Um, and so while Walmart and Amazon are incredible outlets, um, if you can reach out to your local bookstore and buy this book there online or wow, in person, that would be helpful as well. Wow. But thank you. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'm excited for that. It's going to help a lot of people. You're a man of principle. You live by true principles, and that's what this book's all about. And you simplify it in such a way, and you, you bring your own personal life into it, like you said, that love letter to your daughter. I, I, I don't know. I'm just so impressed. I've written down so many things here that uh, – that I'm going to do based on what you're doing. And you really do make me want to be a better person. And I know those that are listening to this right now are going to feel the same way. Well, that's why they keep coming listening to you. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, there you go, folks. Scott O'Neill, Chief Executive Officer of the Philadelphia 76ers and many other organizations underneath that. It's He's part of a big group there. But like I said, more importantly, he, he's a faithful member of his, of his church. He's a faithful husband and father, and more importantly, a friend, all of that stuff. He's just an amazing guy. Thank you for tuning in. Again, thanks to my sponsor, sponsors. You guys are amazing. And again, everyone who keeps tuning in week after week after week, I, I can't believe it. I pinch myself too that I get to do this, and I get to sit across amazing people. So... Guys, I love you. Scott, thank you so much. Tell your family hello. I love you guys. All the best to you. And I can't, uh, I can't wait to keep watching all the success that you're doing and, and following you th throughout the next little while. Thank you again. You, you bet. Okay, there you go, guys. Thank you so much. Till next time. <laughs>